0: He drank wine all night because he couldn't sleep and kind of showed up like a joke. Been there, man.
1: You're listening to Tall Can Audio. I have something to say to you!
0: Here's your host. The issue here,
1: sir, is that everyone fucking hates you. Matt Robinson. So we're back at it, episode 1142. This is round two of the week with Steve Bunda. This is becoming a habit we did this last week with Lee Versage as well. We talked so much with him on episode 1138 about his departure from TSN 1200 and his craft beer takes. But we never got to talking any sends or any Leafs or any baseball or football or any wrestling. Lee Lee was not going to allow us to do a show and not talk some wrestling. We're not talking wrestling today. We're talking UFC and we are talking boxing, which we'll get into in a little bit, because that is not something we normally cover here, but there's good reason to now. But Bunda, you were good enough, uh, as you almost always are, ma'am, to, uh, to bring me another beer. And this is from the Sleeping Giant Brewing Company up in uh, Thunder Bay, Ontario, way up north, man, up at the, uh, the lakehead. And this is uh, the Skull Rock. We're about to find out what that's all about. Um, never had this one before. I don't, I have had one or two things from sleeping giant. I don't think I've ever had this one before. Uh, what did you pull out of the fridge, man? I went,
0: uh, you kind of had me, uh, thinking about a, like a fruity, it's a hot day, like you said. Yeah, so yeah. I went with the. Tropical Fruit Pale Ale from Lake of Bay's Brewing called Next Stop. It's got a cool light blue can, but yeah, it's got a, I love the artwork on the can. You know what? I never used to care about cans. Yeah. I think Creech kind of pointed it out to me a couple times and it's like, you know what? I do appreciate a nice can. Yeah.
1: When they put a little extra effort in. Yeah. A little
0: something going. 5% here. So let me open this up. How's the first little
1: swig? Nice, man. This is a very roasty uh, dark flavor. I'm enjoying that quite a bit. You know, I'm a Stoke guy, you know, I'm a Browns Oops. guy, a Porter guy, all these things. Not, so. not a Cleveland Browns guy though. No, right? no.
0: God, Ooh, no. Ooh, the smell of this
1: is nice. Um, we should shout out our friend, uh, Angela Thompson from the Lake of Bays Brewing Company. She drops in here every now and then for a quick visit on the podcast. What's and up, brings, Angie? Yeah, exactly. Brings some new beers with her when she does whatever they got going on. Yeah, um, man. we're actually talking about uh, having your friend Zach McGibbon on the podcast.
0: Friggin' McGibbon, that exactly. little typhoon.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, hornswoggle, right? All this stuff. So he and I have traded a couple of Do messages. you know what it's
0: like trying to like wrangle a guy like that? Like he's just off the hinges all the time. Yeah. I've got to text him stuff every
1: single day. The executive producer for life, Matt. It is a full-time job looking yeah. after this kid, Zach Friggin McGibbon. <laughs> uh, that would be a wrestling show. Maybe we'll get to that, maybe closer to SummerSlam or something like that. But he and I have traded a couple messages and he said, you know, I should let you know up front that, uh, you know, I'm not a beer guy, right? He doesn't drink. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, I don't know if that disqualifies me from the podcast, sort of what he was asking. <laughs> you know, we've had people on who don't drink before. It's not an issue. Um, but when Lee was in last week, his co-host there on This Is Wrestling, we I mentioned it to Lee. And uh, said the same thing. You know, we'll grab, maybe we'll get Zach some uh, non alcoholic beer. And Angie listened to that episode and said, Hey, Lake of Bays we got you covered. Non-alcoholic beers, we'll take care of it. So uh, we love friends of the show like that. So like you said, shout out to uh, to Angela Thompson. Uh, Angela seems like uh, quite the all-star. Good friend of the show, man. <laughs> you, you
0: need friends like that right around here. Uh, you know what? I hope to meet you one day, Angela. But yeah. <laughs> uh, for Zach, I, I know he's a big Mountain Dew guy. So if you just went out and bought like four different Mountain Dews like Code Red or whatever <laughs> it is, he likes all these different ones. So Blackout match. Blackout? Like the Mountain
1: Dew Blackout at the Royal Rumble, whatever yeah. the hell that exactly. thing is. Exactly.
0: So. Uh, so those are all his kind of favorite drinks. He okay. loves Mountain Dew. So if you do get... Him in, just let me know because I need to keep track of that kid. Yeah, I, yeah, you'll, he's you'll, always all you'll, over the map. will set him up for better. Us. Send him a text right now just to make sure he's <laughs> under control. Usually, uh, I've been doing this, uh, so I'll, I'll peel back the curtains for a little bit. But me and sure. Zach go way back to when we both worked together in the newsroom at CFRA and I was with TSN, mm-hmm. um, and I became the executive producer. But then as soon as I left and I went to Faces for a little bit, yeah, I started texting him Hulk Hogan gifts and <laughs> pictures. And I can promise you, uh, Matt, that, uh, since that was November, 2021, there hasn't been a day in general that I've missed <laughs> <You've> daily <said. laughs> Hulk Hogan pictures, gifts, videos, YouTube links, uh, stories that make no sense. I send them as much as I can just to let them know. And I've been doing that almost every day and sometimes three or four times a day. I, there's maybe a couple days I've missed here or less, but, uh, here or there, but I, uh, I haven't like, uh, they've made up for it by sending them like six one day. My, my, okay. So Zach, uh, Zach's probably annoyed by me and yeah. by telling that story on the, on this podcast. Yeah, but now podcast. it would feel weird if it stopped, right? Like he'd be like, what, oh, what what's oh, happened oh, to Bunda? Are you okay, Bunda? Exactly. And <laughs> Zach's uh, one of my good buddies. So yeah. I like to, uh. I like to make sure. I like I said, uh, as the executive producer of our wrestling podcast, he is our host for a reason. Yeah, he is the wrestling guru. Uh, <laughs> Three Versage comes in and off the top ropes, and he brings sure. the hot takes, just to kind of be that other guy on the tag team. But uh, Lee is a solid uh,
1: wrestling guy too. But Zach, man, that guy is wild. They're both wild. These wrestling guys. This is wrestling. It's gone out on its own now after Lee's departed 1,200. So uh, give it a search. If you're into wrestling at all, check it out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are. This is Wrestling Podcast. It's, uh, Mm. It's a good listen. We could take off from a number of different places here, man. We just saw a tremendous card on Saturday night. UFC 290 delivered in a huge way. And it's funny to think about it because going into it, the criticism might have been it lacked just a little star power when you read some of the previews. Now, Volkanovski, one of the best in the world, but not a crazy over-the-top personality, right? But when you looked up and down the card, this was going to be a banger from start to finish. There was 13 fights. Nine of them had finishes, and four of them We're inside the first minute of the first round. UFC record. That was incredible, man. Right off the hop to get it going that way. UFC 291 out in front of us. We maybe should tee some of that up. We can talk about that in a bit. But you came in here today buzzing over the news that we have finally got a former MMA heavyweight champion lined up for a boxing match, man. Where are we going here?
0: Oh, dude! I don't even know where to go because even off uh, there's so much UFC stuff we could hit on. Let's let's uh, let's just do the uh, 290 uh, international fight week. Let's look at that because sure. like honestly, th- this card deserves some talk. And you know, like you said, I, I don't want to say that there wasn't enough star power, but it- it- there was some buzz. Like this was there was hype. This was the first big like, card. And
1: fight like, people knew this was going to be a pile of great oh, yeah. fights. Oh yeah, but maybe missing a couple of huge names. Maybe yeah right? it was the. But if you were a fight fan, you were pumped for this thing.
0: Yeah, especially because a lot of the cards have been dry the last little while, especially a in a st- couple
1: months. This was like the first like star power kind of, all right, this is like, all right, I'm going to buy this pay-per-view kind of card. So you, t- I texted you said, come on, man, I need that magic link that, that you always take care of. For oh, anything. yeah. And you came through and you sent it, and I got a couple pop-ups, and I'm kind of working my way through it, and I'm like, tonight... I'm not doing this. I'm not dealing with oh. this all night. And I just turned the TV on, flipped over and bought <laughs> it at the la- like 10 after 10. I'm just like, fuck it. I'm paying for this one. It's worth it. I don't want to be dealing with some of the nonsense that goes on with having to refresh or whatever, right? When you're streaming uh, less than legally. And so just bought it, right? It was a great looking card and I haven't bought one in several months. Yeah, it, it wasn't worth it. This was worth it.
0: Yeah, and 289 in Vancouver was uh was a good car. like it was a good was card. Right. That was yeah. a fun card to watch. Yeah, and the Canadians did really well. It was a big That's big right. night for the Canadians and in, in Vancouver. Like so, there was it wasn't a sexy card, but it was like all right, but this is a great card. Yeah, and you know other than the the main event, right? Nunes, uh basically just walking uh, you know, Aldana right mass. out of the building. Basically, <laughs> it was ridiculous. Right but retirement. The excitement around this is like okay, we got a couple title fights. We got a you know a, a badass fight here, right between. Uh, uh, Whitaker and DuPlessis. It's like this is gonna be huge. Bo Nichols on the card. Okay, what's going on? Like and yeah. it's like okay, and and it just it exceeded expectations right off the start and you know uh, I want to give the the big shout out here to Robbie Lawler right that's the guy it was his retirement the UFC has dealt with so much flack about how they don't do a good job of sending off their kind of all-stars and their legendary fighters into into the sunset properly man I missed his knockout watching a bit of the Red Blacks game but I saw the highlights after what an uppercut and combination he handed out uh, to Nico Price and he just couldn't handle it love that he was able to have that walk-off win and knockout uh, just for Robbie Lawler fashion, the guy has been a part of some serious wars yes. and he's been such a great, uh, kind of legendary piece for the UFC over the years. So seeing that I tuned in just as he was doing the video tribute
1: with Joe Rogan. After. So, so just before we get to that, let me see that was the prelims. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that was the, f- the final fight of the, of the prelims on, on free TV before it went to pay-per-view. And as you said, Robbie Lawler meant a warrior guy's been around forever. And I saw some people complaining that that wasn't on the main card on the PPV side of things. And I sort of understand that complaint. Robbie Lawler's a big name. He's been around for a long time. You could have put him on the pay-per-view, but one thing I think we should keep in mind here is that when Robbie Lawler started in the UFC, it was still, it was growing. It had exploded. It was doing its thing. Mm-hmm. But this set of prelims wasn't on ESPN plus wasn't buried away on Fox sports. One, this was on ABC. And if you'd have told Robbie Lawler in 2005, your retirement fight is going to be on American network television, not cable, not buried away somewhere. You will be, you know, your final fight is going to happen in a place that 20 years ago, you couldn't possibly have imagined that happening, right? This is a sport that has grown exponentially to the point where it now gets to be on ABC on a Saturday night. That, I bet you, he would take that over the paper, now pay-per-view, you also maybe get a little higher payday, but I think he probably did okay here being his retirement fight and everything. I just think that's worth something, right? That he made it to ABC. I think that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And I think the thing with that, uh, that's a perfect kind of last fight leading into the pay-per-view to kind of get the hype up that you want. And I think that rather than start the pay-per-view with that fight and, you risk the potential for a guy like Nico, Nico Price to knock out Robbie Lawler on a pay-per-view. Sure. And it kind of takes away from that aspect of it too. And look, it, it's fighting, right? Anything could happen. I think that it was it was, it was was carded properly. Um, and and I, I think it was good. But that was a great way to kind of kick so, things yeah, off. Yeah. So
1: you mentioned, and I, before I cut you off, how bad of a reputation the UFC has of how they treat their legends on the way out. They yeah. couldn't have done this better. After the fight, Joe Rogan does the interview that he always does with the winner. Mm -hmm. And then they have a video package ready that, you know, his highlights, his career. And he's, and I thought coming out, I thought he was going to get smashed because coming out for that fight, you can tell he's already emotional. There's moments where his lips quivering a little bit, right? I'm like, this guy's not ready for this. He's not focused for this. He's, He's ready to retire. And he comes out in 38 seconds or whatever it was and smashes this guy. And then you have time on this broadcast, on ABC, to give him his flowers, right? Show this guy some love and and he's openly bawling mm-hmm. as they're showing the highlight <laughs> yeah. video. It was awesome how they treated this guy on the way out, man. They couldn't have done this one better.
0: No, and, and just like I said, a perfect way to kind of lead into the main card, which turns into being, I'm going to say, one of the best pay-per-views of all time. Yeah. And uh, I just want to point out one fight, too, in the early prelims, sure. because I know uh, we usually talk about this when I tee up the card, but Cameron Saman, he was on the early prelims. He had a first-round knockout as well, three minutes in against Terrence Mitchell. Mm-hmm. It's a guy that's really young, but he's a big up-and-coming guy that you're going to see his name a little bit more in the next couple of years here. hes uh, He's a good prospect, and he had an impressive Win. He absolutely dominated again with a big TKO win, but um, I'll go back to the Robbie Lawler fight leading into it. And it's like that main card was just phenomenal from the start to finish. It doesn't get any better than when Bo Nickel comes in and sure he's fa- yeah, first facing First fight
1: on pay per view. Val
0: Woodburn, right? This is a guy that, uh, you know, <laughs> he, he's a big dude and he was scheduled to fight in the Dana White contender series coming this fall. Yeah. Well, Trey Sean Gore, ultimate fighter. He was Team Ortega. Uh, I, I, I don't mind it. He's got some crazy power. Like he's got some crazy power. Um, I think he, and he's a younger prospect too. Uh, he was supposed to fight Bo Nickel and it was supposed to be his first like kind of test, right. Mm-hmm. Against someone that's a boxer. Well, he gets his Val Woodburn guy. Who's a monster too. He's undefeated. He's got some chaos. Well, this is a three time, uh, NCAA wrestling guy and Bo Nickel knocking him out in 38 seconds. Yeah. Yep. 38 seconds. Let me double. Yep. 38 seconds. Wait. Yep. Nope. That is 38 seconds with a crazy shot. Yeah. And it was like, all right. Now I get this guy, you know, Val Woodburn hasn't been in the UFC. It's his first kind of debut. And, you know, uh, you know, Bo Nickel, you know, he's he's kind of famous for one being, a, you know, a Penn State NCAA wrestler, but, you know, he was on the Dana White Contender Series. He wanted to fight early. And Dana White's like, yeah, I can't give you a contract. Go and do it again. He did it again. Yeah. And then he got in the UFC and he's making a name for himself. You know, the one thing the UFC has done and it's, I'll kind of get sidetracked here for a minute, Matty. Sorry. Sure, I'm right. so hyped up about fights right <laughs> now, but the UFC is in such a great spot with young talent and guys that are potential stars for the next couple of years. You look at a guy like Bo Nickel, but you can go down the, the Ian Gary's, the Patty Pimblets, the Sean O'Malley's. Like right. You know, these guys are all kind of in their primes and early primes. Well, these
1: are guys you've been mentioning on this show for a couple of years before anybody else had heard of them, man. Well, this is why we ask you about the prelims. Like, who should we keep an eye on? And these are the names. And now they've arrived. They're making their way up here. And that's the thing, right? We're getting to the point where we're
0: seeing the, you know, the UFC, I thought, did a terrible job for a couple of years in the turnover rate. You know, they had their legends of UFC. Sure. But by the time the UFC got popular, these guys were on their kind of way out, right? Yeah. That was the problem. Even G S P right, He 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 didn't like the way the drug testing was going and he left the UFC for a bit, came back and fought uh uh, Michael Bisping won the middle white championship, but then he took off and again. you look at when he had Johnny Hendricks fight where he probably got beat up and yeah. he didn't deserve to win that fight. But you know, Johnny Hendricks turned out to be a guy that was, you know, b- busted for PEDs juice, yeah. and it's like, it, it kind of, the UFC went through a tough spot with drug testing and turning over their all-stars and you know, you had your guys there, John Jones was still kind of kicking around. Mm-hmm. Here came Ronda Rousey, right? With women fighting when it became a big thing. And I think that that, uh, kind of helped a little bit, but then, you know, there, it kind of, and then here came Conor McGregor right he was the big guy now right now you look around the UFC and there is a good handful of young up-and-coming prospects and guys that are going to be fighting for the belts for the next couple years and it's it's a good spot for the UFC to be in is right now is where they're at so for Bo Nickel that was a great fight Uh, I loved I don't know about you but Dan Hooker his heart and determination against Jalen uh, Turner, a crazy
1: ass fight, man.
0: Crazy. And he, and he fought, and I, I love Joe Rogan asked him after, did you break your hand? Just a scratch. Guy had a broken uh, a orbital bone and a broken uh, bone in his hand, yeah. and he still was just laying it all out there. New new hairdo, a couple tattoos, <laughs> like they was is. He was a guy who was falling down the rankings, kind of. He was in that middle of the pack, uh, kind of gatekeeper, and he was starting to fall down a bit. And he had a couple rough outings. I was good to see that, but I just think that this this pay per view in general, Maddie. Before I give you a chance to to talk about (laughs) it, was just from top to bottom of the pay per view card, and then a couple other fights around it, plus some news around it. I think was so big and so fun, and it was just like you know what UFC fans like. It was international fight weekend. This was like the best you could have ever asked for.
1: I agree with you on that. As I said, going in, uh, I know this is going to be a great card. Maybe lacks a little star power, but I know these fights are going to be killer. And at the last possible second, I said, fuck it. I'll just pay for this one, right? Mm-hmm. And that, uh, it was worth it to me. And so as you sort of move through this, I thought the Duplessis win over Whitaker was maybe the most shocking thing on the card. Whitaker's a guy who has run that division with the exception of Izzy, right when he mm. he's he's lost only twice in the last I think it's like four years, and it, they've both been to Izzy, and so for Duplessis to come in here and f- and and finish that guy was a huge upset in my opinion, and it led to something really uncomfortable, man. That, that yeah, I, I, we saw Dana White afterwards in the press conference. Uh, well, for people who missed it, Izzy Adesanya who is the middleweight champion comes in and he starts throwing down the n-word about 17 times uh you're way undercutting i might be undercutting it they're talking about who's the real african and this carries some things i want to jump ahead a little bit to dana white saying in the post fight press conference that's is he being black which was also a comment that was a little uncomfortable and dana just going who cares who cares but this isn't a who cares thing where these guys are throwing it down. This is very personal. And it 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 goes into some things that you and I are almost certainly not qualified to talk about, but mm. like colonialism. You have a white South African telling a black guy from Nigeria, you're not a real African? Yeah, That's uncomfortable. That's Izzy now living in New Zealand. Uh, but this ties into so much, man. That... That post fight thing that was real. These guys don't like each other. It does date back to DePlessy's manager posting on Instagram. You're not, uh, you know, you're not a real African. Um, we are the real Africans. You're a New Zealander. And so, is he coming in, throwing down that word a thousand times, saying, "My African brother, uh, I manifested this because I wanted to fight you." I think this is a huge fight. I think it's going to be awesome, but you can't use any of this like i don't want to see those amazing promo videos that the ufc does before these big fights i don't want to be thinking about south african Mm. colonialism racism against the rest of the like this is an uncomfortable way to build a fight
0: yeah, and it's very much Izzy Adesanya, right? His personality, the yeah. way he does. He's very over the top with some of the things he does. I think the only well, this thing... Is to
1: me, this is Duplessis' side who started this shit, I For agree. sure,
0: yeah. for, for sure. And, and, and the, the one thing I think he did was he handled that spot well, whereas it seems like Izzy Adesanya did not
1: handle that well. I, he I, was I, clearly I, drunk, th- and he said to... Dana said in this post-fight press conference, I didn't want that to happen. I talked to Izzy. Mm-hmm. He said, it'll be fine, it'll be fine, and nobody threw any punches, but it was not fine. Well, that's it's, the thing
0: you, you saw right before that, you know, Dana White talking to Izzy to, Adesanya right before he went in the octagon. Yeah. And I'm getting a little sick and tired of the WWE kind of promos. The run-ins. Of, yeah. Hey, oh my <laughs> gosh. Like the, the next contender for the next fight is actually in the stands and then they go in. And, that's Stone Cold's music. Yeah. And it's like, here, we're going to start selling off. Like we've seen it the last little while here when it was, uh, it was Makachev winning and he wanted to, to bring in Volkanovski. Yep. We saw it with O'Malley, Aljamain Sterling. Right. Now we're seeing it again. It's just like, it's, and It just, it looks silly. And I think, you know, I I think.
1: And if you're Duplessis, who again, his side to me instigated this whole, but I just finished fighting a fucking monster. I'm not like, you're sort of blindsiding me here a little bit, right? Like, I didn't know this guy was coming in. Now I have to, you know, um, verbally defend myself to. It's just It just doesn't work for this sport, man. I don't like it.
0: It's that, and I think, too, like I said, the thing I, he did was he handled it well. Like, he kind of just stood there and didn't care what he was saying. And like I said, for Izzy Asanya, as much as that other side kind of did that, you know, he didn't have to come in there and no. go over the top the way he That's did. right. You know, like you said, you said dropping n bombs like it's thirty-five times in yep. ten seconds, and he's going a little wild. And you know, the, the the one thing that did make me chuckle when Duplessis said, "Well, what do you call people from uh, from New Zealand?" <laughs> you know what? Just trying to get a little smile out of the guy and just you know get him to not say the n bomb. Yeah. When you have kids and fans that look up to a guy like Izzy Adesanya, you don't want that. You don't want that kind of attitude. And act. Dana White's gonna just kind of play chill because he it's the way Dana White is. Like you said, yeah. he's more of a guy that will never get involved in that stuff because he wants to sit, but down, uh, sit beside the stars. Um, but that moment in general was, like you said, uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. But this man. is going to be a war of a fight because Du Plessy made Robert Whitaker look like nobody. Yeah. he was, it wasn't a, a, like a fluke of a fight. No. Like he beat up Robert Whitaker yes, with he ease. Yep. He, he had the strength. He had the body weight. He had the, bo- like he knocked him down with a jab for Christ's yeah. sakes. Like <laughs> this is a guy that, like you said, he hasn't lost at all other than to, is he had a Yeah. Like. Whitaker is a, is very much like a, you know a top three fighter in the division still, yeah. and he went up there and he just made this guy look like a rag doll, throwing him around and just punching him, pushing him, like just the strength looked ridiculous. This is going to be a war between a Z, a, him and Aziz but I think Duplasi is a guy that uh, I like how the nickname DDP is out there oh, too. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it, it works out very well. <laughs> um, but uh, for me, I, I'm I'm interested to see this fight.
1: Oh yeah, uh, I think that. I this- just hope they don't make this a building point off of it. it. It was a heated moment between them, but it's not one I want to see again.
0: No. And I'm sure it'll get bleeped out and might get edited, but I'm sure parts of it will still be yeah. part of a of yeah, promo for, right. but I'm also, I'm not watching fights for promos either. I'm watching fights because I love the art of it. That's the thing. I think the UFC wants to do more of a boxing slash wrestling thing where they can sell fights more. Um, Ray Mysterio in the crowd. Yeah. Well, even <laughs> Ray Mysterio didn't do much for my man, Brendan Moreno. <laughs> really we'll get to that next, but, uh, Tough go for Brandon Moreno, but yeah, Rey Mysterio was there. There was a lot of uh, stars uh, that were in there. It was pretty oh,
1: cool. Disgraced former presidents.
0: Yeah, that was a little over the top. Hey, eh? then talk <laughs> about uncomfortable moments, yeah. right? It was, a, it was a Duplassi too that got off. Yeah, when he, he did that, he jumped out of the cage yes. and shook the hand of Donald Trump and Ooh. then went up to Dana White. And that's when Dana White went up to Izzy Adesanya. Yeah, yeah. He was like, all right, sell this fight right now. Yeah. It was kind of a goofy moment. but it yes, was. That I was going to say. I can't remember which fighter jumped over to shake the hand of Donald <laughs> Trump, but it's, I can't uh, help but notice uh, he was not in Canada. But, uh, he's been at the two of the last, uh, I believe, pay-per-views. That's right. And, uh. The, snuggling up to Dana here vice versa. Up, all right. Yeah, yeah. And their weird stuff. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be a, a great fight. I think it's going to be a war. But I also think that Duplessis is a guy that's shown he, uh, he's here to make some noise. Yeah. And, uh, him against Izzy is going to be a, a great fight. I think that, uh, his wrestling, one, one thing we saw from Izzy when he was, uh, he went up against Jan mm-hmm. and he kind of moved up into the light heavyweight fight, um. As soon as Rustin got involved with a guy that's a bit heavier than him, yeah, he got uh, manhandled. Yeah, he was and vulnerable there. He did. And uh, what I saw from Du Plessis, uh, this is a guy that's going to get a hold of him. The other thing, too, is this guy isn't fighting at his weight class. Like He's putting on a bit of weight. He's a big, big Kid, the middleweight division here. Yeah. Uh, so he's probably in the 190, 200 pounds when he's fighting. But like we saw, Izzy when he tried to make weight, could barely make one ninety. Yeah, you know, for a while, like it was it was tough for him to make one ninety five. Showing up eating pizza. Yeah, eating pizza at the weigh-ins. Like, this <laughs> is a hilarious. dude that. So when he fights, he's tr- he's a true one eighty five. Yeah, like he's he's like he's barely like he doesn't need to do much, but he fights at one eighty five. Duplessis, like I said, this is a big dude. If he can get his hands on Izzy and he could bring him to the ground, this fight's over. Like it is. And, uh, it's going to be a lot for Izzy to work on, see how he can, you know, uh, I see that coming. I'm, I'm well aware he's going to see that coming. How does he fight? How does, like, how is that going to be? So I'm excited to see that one, but.
1: Well, let's keep motoring through these here. Brandon Mm. Moreno loses his title to Alessandra Pantoja. And I thought this was a fantastic fight. I thought for some reason, the broadcast was making a bigger deal early on about Pantoja gassing out, right. Running out of gas, uh, I'm not sure that's what I saw. Now, he did spend the entire first round, you know, coming right at Moreno. And he takes that first round. And then for the rest of the fight, though, it's, it's fairly even going back and forth. This is always a conversation when someone wins the title off the judges as opposed to a finish. I'm not sure what Pantoja did to Moreno was quite enough to take the title off of him. I thought it was a great fight. Um... But, man, it was – am I crazy there? Like, did, did you see enough to say for sure Pantoja needed to, you know, be awarded the championship there?
0: Uh, needed as a – I think he earned it. I, I do. I think he okay. uh, he got the – he controlled the majority of the fight. He did. And, uh, you know, as much as we could say 2-2, I think heading into that fifth round, it was a 3-1. There, I do think that, I, and look, Brandon Moreno is one of my favorite fighters. Yeah, watch. yeah. Like he's a guy. Whenever he's on a card, you watch that fight. Yeah. Like Clay Guido was one of the other guys I used to love. <laughs> yeah. As soon as he was on the card, I'm like, I'm in. Yeah. Like this guy is. Uh, he gets in there and they're just wild. Brandon Moreno was wild, but Pantoja just was kind of. It was like checkers versus chess. And it just seemed like every time Moreno would do something good, Pantoja would just be like, okay, and then do it again. Yeah. And just seemed to really control. It was relentless. Just like, it, it, this feels like another. Did you
1: hear the same thing I was hearing? Like, Rogan and, and yeah. DC kept saying, oh, he, he's gassed out. He's tired. It didn't look like it. Like, the way they the wanted to, kept right? To I,
0: I, and, and, and I think that more of it was the the idea, right? It's I don't want to call it like an old boys club, but it feels like, you know what? Pantoja's never been into championship rounds. Right. How's he going to handle it? This yeah. is a guy that just fought championship rounds against Divas and Figueredo in some wars. Yeah. And you know, the one thing, like this is their third time meeting, right? They had two fights already and yes. Pantoja's won both and Pantoja also beat him in the ultimate fighter, right? So this is the third time that these guys have fought. So I was like, okay, Brandon Moreno is the guy that every time he gets into the octagon one, he leaves it all I think early in the fight, the first early, like the second, third rounds, I was like, okay, Moreno's looking pretty good. Yeah. But I think that what, like Pantoja kind of separated himself in, in, in certain moments of the fight where I'm like, okay, you know what, like if they give him the belt, I'm okay with it now. Like, okay. I think he's done enough where he did land a lot of clean shots. He was the guy that was, you know, he was giving out a lot more of the beating than he was taking. And I thought that yeah. he just did a good job of controlling the fight and not doing a lot of what Brandon Moreno wanted to do. Cause Brandon Moreno is kind of a cowboy in there. He just, you know what? He's That's wild. True. He's crazy. He's throwing him. Mean, he'll take six hits to give out one or two. And it's like, but he's just wild and he's yeah so much energy and the one thing he's shown is he can go all five rounds and he's going to be the same effort they were kind of in this like you said third fourth, Oh, he's slowing down he's slowing down but then he would just like get a suck win, wind and it's like all right this guy's ready to go and he would just kind of take his opportunity he would he was very opportunistic against when maybe brendan moreno was taking a break for his like yeah. 40 seconds of a round and i think he did work do i think Moreno? Could you? Can I hear an argument that it was enough? I can hear the argument, but I'm okay with him losing it. And, well,
1: and I, I, I love Brandon Moreno. And this is the problem now that they probably don't want to make that rematch. You just said they've fought each other a few times now, and Moreno's never beaten them. So if you're Moreno, that puts you in a tough spot because you're a guy who's had the title, lost the title, had the title, lost the title. Like you're not this long-standing, you know, five-year, you know, whatever it might be, 13, 12, 11, 10, uh, you know, title defense guy. Yeah, yeah. And the champion has already beaten you multiple times. I don't think we're necessarily going to get the automatic rematch for Moreno here. I think Pantoja is going to move on to somebody else because so far, based on what we've seen, uh, Pantoja has the better of Moreno. And I don't know, man, to me that was a close enough fight that you would – think there should be a rematch, but based on the previous results, there shouldn't be. It's a tough spot for Moreno now.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure what's going to happen here. Uh, I am excited to see who, who, who the next guy is. I think Almir Albazi is the next one that, uh, I believe they brought up is going to fight yeah. Pantoja for the title yeah. for Breno Moreno. I, I don't know what is next, but you know what I think it is next for him is to probably just chill for a minute. Yeah. Like just catch your breath. He's been in some wars with, uh, figueredo. He already fought Kara France to get himself back into the title That's shot right. mix, yep. right? Well, figueredo kind of needed some time to relax and get healthy from his injury. <laughs> yes. So I think we're at a spot right now where it's an interesting spot for the division. Yeah. And there's nobody that it's like, all right, like, let's, let's rush somebody to a title shot. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see, you know, a, a Moreno versus, uh, uh, Roy Val or kara France again sure. or something like that or in, in a couple months from now, but Pantoja does fight against Albazi and then maybe Moreno waits a bit and he gets another title shot out of respect, right? The flyweight division is in a kind of a flux right now, yeah. especially with Figueiredo looking like he's going to move up, right? So that's the other big well, thing. Well,
1: I say, we just kept seeing Moreno versus Davison a hundred times. I'll I mean, see it again.
0: That, sure, they, why not? They never, That's the seven <laughs> never, ever disappointed. That was always a great fight. But uh, yeah, for him, I think it's, it's time to take a little break.
1: Okay, so let's move on to the main event. And this, I don't remember if I texted this to you or not, but the main event scared me a little bit. Not that I didn't think it would be good, but that we had seen all these finishes, right? This had been a crazy card. At this point, we had seen a 12-fight card with eight finishes heading into the 13th fight. And... Uh, Volkanovsky has a bit of a reputation sometimes for not being all that exciting, F- clearly elite, right? Clearly fantastic, that. right? A lot of the same talk that we used to give to GSP fantastic at what he does, but you're probably going to the judges, right? And, and at times, uh, maybe you wish there was a little bit more action. And so I just thought it would be a bit of a shame mm-hmm. if we had seen this crazy of a card, be capped off by a main event that maybe wasn't going to bring that same energy. And those fears were uh, short-lived, right? Like this turned mm-hmm. out to be a fantastic main event where Volkanovski did finish somebody. Uh, I believe it was the third round, was it not, where we uh, we saw the end of this? Was it the third or was it the second? Uh... It could have been either. I, I had it in my head that it was the third, but like this was a really interesting fight uh yeah, with third round yeah right. so yadier rodriguez and at t- i think it was early in the third round they they kind of crashed heads and i think like there's a part of me that's like volkanovsky was like all right fuck this i'm done playing with my food right like i can't hang around here any longer risking disaster uh he had owned the first part of the fight anyway and then like i said it sort of looked to me like they banged heads and he was like oh fuck fuck this and just finished the guy off right he was bleeding from it too right? it was yeah he was so to me, a really good fight, and I was happy to see, perhaps just because of the night we'd just seen, that Volkanovsky didn't just grind this to the end and, and take it by the judge's card. He finished this guy off. That fit this card. I, I thought the main event was awesome.
0: Yeah, uh, no question in my mind, the best fighter in the world right now is Alexander Volkanovski. Yeah. Um One, as a champ, but two, just as a guy. Even just uh, the Makachev fight, I look back at it, and you know what, like... He, he, he could have won that, right? Like that's one sure. where that was a lot closer fight than I thought Pantoja yeah. versus Moreno was. Like this that's how close it was. That was and him that, moving up and, a division. And yeah. that was him like moving up a division. Yes. And seeing him against the Rodriguez, the way that that, you know, the final moments of the fight, it was beautiful. Yeah. A fighter's porn man <laughs> the guy lit him up with a combo grabs him throws him to the ground basically with a takedown and just feeds him to the TKO and yeah. it's just like wow like it, it just it's like he, he snapped like his he fingers and he's like you know what like you said it's like fuck this it's over and yeah. he just he took the fight into his own hands and he's just like
1: and Yachty's no joke right like Yachty yeah. and Rodriguez is a good fighter and as you said he finished him like it was just yeah fuck this I'm done playing with my food I'm out of here and, right. and,
0: and a couple times early in the first round I think you know he landed a couple shots Rodriguez that did on Volkanovski yeah. and Volkanovski is just such a good well-rounded Fighter, and he's got that that stature and, and size that just so hard to deal with, and he just is so dedicated to his craft and his hard work. And he, the, the moment's not too big for him ever, no, ever. And like, you know, people say, well, John Jones is a, be-. no, John Jones doesn't fight the fucking best guy every time he fights. That's right. Like Volkanovski has never once ducked
1: a fighter. No, he is fuck fights all the time. John Jones disappears for years at a time. First time he fought Holloway.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Holloway shouldn't have lost the belt. Boom. Went out there, beat Holloway a second time. Yeah. Third time kicked Holloway's ass. <laughs> yes. Like, it, like beat him up. Like it was like, like, all right, this guy is no joke. Ortega had him thought a couple times during that fight in the guillotine. It's like, sure. but he kept getting out of it and, you know, it was whatever. He just keeps going and going and going, defending his belt. And then it's like, all right, I'm going to fight Mokachev. It's like, okay, well, what's going to happen here? Mokachev is like a guy that hasn't even been touched in like the lightweight division right now. Yeah. And he went up against uh, Volkanovsky and Volkanovsky clowned him a bit. Yep. Like, he was. He, like, yeah, there were moments there for sure. Yeah, you know what? If he would have had his hand raised, I wouldn't have argued it. It was a very tight fight. It was it was probably more to the Makachev side, the Nenner, uh, yeah, like in yeah. the Volkanovsky side, but like y- you got to give up the weight, right? Like Malkichap's a guy that's a monster for lightweight. <laughs> like he looks like he's a friggin' welterweight when he's in that octagon. Yes. And for a guy like Volkanovsky to have that kind of a fight, it's like, all right, this guy, what does he do? Well, he doesn't take a fight or a little break. He comes right back and he fights the number one contender in Yair Rodriguez. And he says, boom. I just handled this guy. What am I going to fight next? Is it Aljamain Sterling who wants to move up potentially after the Sean O'Malley? Sure. Is he going to fight Makachev in October, right? Like, because October, he needs to fight by October, right? That's the big thing here. And if he doesn't, and well. Well, so this
1: is the, this is, as you've said, this is a big question right now. Yeah. Because there is a card in Abu Dhabi yeah. in October and those people... Uh, they uh, in Abu Dhabi. They want Makachev, right? Yeah. Like they—that's the camp that they they want over there. And they want big fights when they go to Abu Dhabi. They don't fuck around. Fight but, Island, baby. Yeah, they bring a big card, and so you sort of look around at what Makachev might have at lightweight. You're like, Ugh. there's not a lot happening right now. Uh, Volk has said he's got to have surgery on his arm. Now he was on the MMA Hour earlier this week mm-hmm. with Ariel hawani and he said. I don't think it's a big deal. Like, I think this is something they're going to go in and clean up for me pretty quick. And maybe I'll be good to go for October, but like they need a huge main event mm-hmm. on that Abu Dhabi card. And I'm not ready to really see Volk move up again. And we just did it one fight ago. Like I'm not, a, I'm not saying I would never revisit it, but he lost fair and square. And he went back down, defended his title back, uh, another lake, uh, another weight class down. And we're we're gonna jump right back and do it again this soon. Like to me, I understand they need an opponent for Makachev for that Abu Dhabi card, but I don't know if this is what I'm doing, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing. You're doing it. All right. Yeah. You got the pedal down, man. I, I, you're hitting it.
0: I feel like the one thing that Volkanovski has done is he's earned the respect of everybody in the UFC. Oh yeah. Like I said, he's the best fighter in the world. If he, if and this ready... is all if he's healthy, right? Yeah. If
1: the arm is healed quick, and,
0: and that's the thing. Ol- um, Oliveira doesn't seem like he's going to be ready to go by he October. Said, I can't do it. So the Bronx he, is out. Yeah. He cannot do it. So that's the one thing. Uh, you've already got Poirier versus Gaethje that's coming up in a couple weeks from now. It's going to
1: be fucking incredible.
0: Exactly. So that's another fight that's like all right. So you're you're kind of eliminating your kind of top five guys here. Yeah. Well, what. You know what? That was a close enough fight, and I don't like the fact that Makachev's first two title offenses are against somebody that's a non-division opponent. I don't like it. Um, That might be my only bone to pick with it, but Volkanovsky, like the name Volkanovsky, it's like, you know what? He gets a pass here. Like yeah. he gets the fucking shot. Yeah, okay. And you know what? He's already talked about how you know what, if I get that opportunity again, I'm not letting it slip. I believe it, man. This guy is just every time he's been in the octagon, he gets so much better and he's so good and his his loss to Amokjav was just like that's not even a loss, man. That was like a win. It was it was sick. <laughs> it was just and He's just done a good job of putting himself. Like I said, you you look at a guy like John Jones, who's constantly ducking the best guys in the world. Yeah, couldn't get a fight with Ngannou, right? right? Couldn't figure that out no matter what. Waited till he left to kind of come in for a title shot. Sure. Now he's gonna instead of fighting a guy like a Pavlovich or you know some of these other guys that are coming up into the UFC uh, heavyweight division, he wants to go and fight a guy that hasn't fought in two years. That got knocked out by yep. a, and Miocic, no, yeah. yeah, no, no shot at st- Stipe Mioch here, but a guy that got knocked out by Ngannou like two years ago and hasn't fought since. Yeah, who's had every opportunity to fight. And hasn't like he, oh, I want the title shot. Yeah. Well, you know what? You just kind of gave it up against (laughs) zero gone. Like you could have had it. Like it's, it it bothers me that Miocic, uh, I love the guy. And I think he is one of the greatest heavyweights of all time, but you know, you go up and down the roster of, of, you know, champions and fighters and guys and, you know. Volkanovski is one of those guys where I put him in the same g s p factor or yeah. where g s p kind of just was never the sexiest fighter in the octagon, right, but uh he always got the job done and was a true champion awkward on the mic, not the guy that you really need to sell, but when he's in the octagon, you can count on him putting together a fight and coming away with a championship and coming away with a title offense and whatever it was that it was but
1: yeah it, 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 this Abu Dhabi card is complicated now by the injury it right? always is yeah. because they well, the can, injury and the fight cards. That's the yeah, other thing. But I, how long can you wait is my point, right? Like I don't know how quick Volk's gonna get in for this surgery. And then he comes out was a complete success. He needs how many weeks to recover before he can get into camp? And and then it's not really that far off. And as you said, Poirier and Gaethje, That's, that's gonna three be three weeks from now, that's <laughs> gonna be a war. And so Good chance whoever wins that is coming out bang the fuck up, right? Like, they're not going to be mm-hmm. ready for October either. It's a tighter timeline than you think, especially if Volk's got to have, you know, depending on how this surgery pans out. So that's the interesting story to watch here over the next couple of weeks is how that Abu Dhabi card is going to get put together. Uh, I do want to talk to you about the Nganu boxing thing we got coming up here. But before we do, let's jump quickly to uh, 291 because that card looks like a second... I don't know if it'll live up quite to this one, but it has a main event that is going to be fireworks from the moment it starts, as we've said with Poirier and Gaethje. Um, Gaethje, almost without doubt, the most exciting fighter. You've talked about it if you don't, Maybe not the smartest fighter in the UFC, but one of the most exciting fighters, right, who comes in and just causes explosions uh, all over the place. And you also have Jan Blachowicz versus uh, Pereira, who is moved up, I guess decided he's done with the, his war with Izzy in the middleweight division. For now, that's right. So he's going to take a run in the light heavyweight division and he's going to fight Jan Blahovich. And Blachowicz, uh, as you mentioned there a few minutes ago, has a win over Izzy in that kind of middleweight uh, division. So that'll be interesting just to compare, you know, given the rivalry between Pereira and Adesanya. So, you know, we'll see what that's going to shake out to look like, but two huge Fights on the top of that card, man. Three.
0: Uh, I think Paulo Costa versus Ikram uh, Alaskarov, Okay, who's a guy that I know the UFC and people are high on Alaskarov. Yeah, that's a big fight because for Paulo Costa, he's kind of chilled ever since he lost his his fight against Usman, where he met it he drank wine all night because he couldn't sleep, and he kind of showed up <laughs> like a
1: joke. Um, he he's been there, man. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> everybody all right. showed up to work once the next day, going, "Oh, uh, I shouldn't have done
0: that." <laughs> yeah, and, and it just I, that kind of ruined it for me. It's like you get a title shot and you're talking all the shit that you're gonna, you know, you know, knock out. To, win and it's like, ah, uh, no, not so much. So when, uh, when that happened in the middleweight division, I was like, all right, Izzy you made easy work of you because you admitted you drank wine. So it's like, all right, let's, let's just kind of see how this kind of guy plays out. But this uh, I'll yeah. guys, a lot of hype around him, but, uh, yeah, no doubt, uh, Poirier versus Gaethje is, uh, just, uh, one, an amazing fight, two versus three for Gaethje. Like this seems this like is
1: one a- of those fights where if you have a friend who maybe is sort of not sure they want to get into and this is a fight you sit them down for and go, excitement, right? This is yeah. not going to end up with two guys rolling around on the ground for 25 minutes. This will be a war.
0: No, the only thing I can think is that maybe someone lands a shot and it gets over easy. Yeah, uh that's, maybe. That's, maybe. The, that's the only thing. But for Dustin Poirier, you look at his track record and he he's due for a title shot and yeah. he like kind of forego, forewent it and was like, all right, whatever, like I'm going to fight Conor McGregor and that's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a payday. Right? And that's, that's... it was a payday, but you know, whatever. And you know, he did kind of get somewhat of a chance against, uh, you know, but he went out and fought Michael Chandler then. and he like, Chandler had him against the ropes and it's like, well, then he made easy work of Chandler because Chandler's fight IQ was terrible. Yes. Uh, and then now it's like, all right, now he's (laughs) fighting Justin Gaethje and Justin Gaethje just beat Michael Chandler. And Justin Gaethje is a guy that also just, uh, Gets oh, in man. there and throws, man. Uh, who, does he, who did he just fight to? He just had a big win and uh, he's earned it. He said it was after the fight, I can't remember who he just beat, but mm-hmm. uh, after that fight, he said that this might be his last run at a title shot here, so it's kind of like, all right, man. Like, oh yeah, he beat Fazeev and that was another kind of a crazy, right, right. you know, fight. He ended up knocking out Fazeev, I believe it was, but um for that I I think that this is going to be crazy because one Gaethje is a, one of my favorite fighters to watch. Yeah. Um but uh he's all, crazy as fuck in there. He's just he's just a monster. He's he can take so much damage and yes. he can hand out he so just much. Keeps coming at you. And for a guy that's a wrestler and he's never attempted a takedown no, I know. it's like that it just it boggles my mind but <laughs> Dustin Poirier is one of those guys that's such a good guy in the UFC, Yeah, such a good dude in general. Uh like I said, he's kind of had the opportunity, I think he, if, if he wins this fight, he gets the title shot. He could do that. I think that's If, right. if this goes early, if this is an early fight and Poirier makes easy work, I could see him fighting in October. I think that, that is a very much doable situation for Dustin Poirier. I Justin just think Emporia.
1: it's so unlikely that either one of those guys is coming out of this fight undamaged. Right? I, 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 agree. I, it's, <laughs>
0: it's, tough, but, um, the only way I could see it is, uh, if, uh. One of these guys get it, you know, within the first couple minutes. Yeah, of the, a quick of the fight. bang, right? First Something round, happens. not a lot of damage, right? Uh, uh, Could I, be. Yeah. I can see that uh, being a, an opponent for sure for Makachev if it's not Volkanovsky, but, uh, I, I expect like you, the, for the BMF title that, uh, <laughs> it's going to be fireworks and a great, great show to watch. Like I said, that's those two, two of the most exciting fighters to watch in the octagon. So 291, definitely not going to disappoint because, uh, it's also leading up to 292, which is O'Malley versus Aljamain Sterling, okay. which is a big one. And we will know
1: to catch back in here before also, then.
0: before Thanks. we get to that, there is more, like we need to take a minute to acknowledge how terrible Conor McGregor kind of is. We touched on it last time we <laughs> yeah, were in yeah. here, but, uh, the Report did come out, I think it was last week that uh, like he's still not in USADA. No. and even Dana White was asked about it. Well, so, let me
1: set the table again yeah, for yeah, casual yeah. fight fans.
0: Go ahead because I'm champing.
1: I know you're 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 ready to rock on this. If you're gonna fight in the UFC, you have to be in the USADA United States of America, the drug program. You have to be being tested for six months and at least two negative tests. Conor McGregor has not been in that pool for a very long time because he's sort of been half semi-retired. And if you look at Conor McGregor now, he doesn't look like quite the same guy he used to look like. He looks like a bigger guy now than he used to. And so maybe that's unfair to say. Maybe it's not. But you have to be in the program for six months. So we were supposed to see him fight Michael Chandler as part of the the finale, whatever you want to call it, the, the, the payoff to this season of The Ultimate Fighter. And he's not back in the pool yet. And so the any idea of getting this guy to fight in December is, in theory, out the window. Now, Dana White last week was like, ah, it doesn't matter. We'll see. Like mm-hmm. I don't know how you get to overrule that, but that's a whole other story. But that is why we're not sure if we're gonna get this Conor McGregor Michael Chandler fight at this point. Take it away, man.
0: Well, that, we're we're in a spot where, and even after the fights the other day, they asked him again about Conor McGregor and Dana White kind of had a hissy fit because apparently he didn't say that. And Dana White is just out to lunch after the lunch. He's man. He said he didn't say ah oh, whatever. Who do you saw it? You, you idiots, <laughs> yes, we right? We all and saw it though. Dana White's a clown when he, he <laughs> does this kind of stuff. It, it, we you know we're not stupid. Don't treat us like we're stupid. We see and we hear what you we say you said it. We too. know yeah, we know what you said. Uh, the thing is, you know, he was already called out a couple weeks ago by Chandler saying, Hey man, like we, we, I think we talked about it, man. He played, we played the video. It's just, Hey man, uh, I'm getting drug tested over here. Like what the yes. hell is going on? Are we going to fight or not? Yeah. When are we going to fight? There's only a couple of weeks to make it to December, right? December is when we were expecting. Then during the fights the other night, Conor McGregor, someone fan tweeted at him. He was tweeting out during the fights. Oh, I wish I was a part of this, blah, blah, blah. Like he was tweeting out. <laughs> Somebody said, when are you going to be back yeah, in the octagon? Yeah. He said, December. So he's the one that put out December again, McGregor himself on the weekend said December, which was then brought up by Dana White. And that's when he kind of got his, listen, it's a non, like this, we're not talking about something until it's going to happen. Right. So it's like, what the hell are you doing, Conor McGregor? Like I said, it's, it's such a frustrating time right now because like this guy is just not a fighter anymore. Like he's not. No, he's I, a celebrity. I believe, no, I, you know, and I, I was reading an article the other day. It's like, and it was basically just an ESPN preview of is this fight going to happen or not? And it's a poll from like the six different writers. And you know what? It was, the the majority of it said that this fight is not going to happen. Yeah. And it's a letdown because yeah. UFC is in a spot now where the, the ultimate fighter is basically gone. It's gone. It's it's not fun no, to watch anymore. Yeah. It's not what it used to be. It's it's very much a PG Terrible soap opera <laughs> where there's a fight at the end and it's unfortunate. It's it, it yeah. just it's not on Spike TV where you got Noob crazy Jack stuff. Jack Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's not fun. It's just it's whatever. So that's gone. Do you know what Contender series though? Very good. I yeah, like yeah, that. I'm sure. all about that. But get rid of these these goofy gimmicks. The Ultimate Fighter. I love that they tried to bring it back. Sure. I don't like that. It, it, it's just kind of been by the wayside now. I don't like a lot of the the gimmicks they're trying. But the biggest gimmick they tried was to bring Conor McGregor back, the biggest I, name in the sport but yeah. he
1: wasn't really back in the
0: sport exactly <laughs> and that's the thing so i don't even think this fight's ever going to happen i think it's going to be a, a whatever sucks
1: for michael chandler like yeah do i take a fight in well because that's september thing. october like i gotta get paid i got shit to do he wants to fight yeah and of course i'll wait for connor in december if he's coming because there's big money there say what you want about connor mcgregor you make money when connor mcgregor fights on on ppv for sure but if i don't know that he's coming back i got to. I got to get going. I got to get my career back on track. Like he's, I think he's lost three of his last four. Michael Chandler, right? Like how bad he hasn't really beaten anybody in the UFC, right? Like he, he he's he came in. I think his first fight was against Gaethje, and it was fucking no, electric, no. He had a
0: couple it? fights before that. Uh, Gaethje was like his third fight, I believe it was. Fair enough. He had a it was Gaethje. It was Oliveira. Um, he's had a couple. Yeah, I can't remember.
1: But he he had some easy work early on. That, uh, but, but when you come in. And you are sitting around now, I got to get my own career on track. And again, I get why he would wait for Conor. I'm sure he thinks he can beat the shit out of Conor at this point, this version of Conor McGregor. And maybe he's right. But I got to know that's actually going to happen. And if this guy, I need to know if he's tweeting out on Saturday night that he says December, I got to know why he's saying it. What does he know that I don't know about USADA, about some sort of agreement with the UFC, whatever it might be. I need to know that's happening, and I need to know now. Otherwise, I'm taking something else in September, October. I got to get going.
0: Yeah, uh, so I, I'm with you. I feel for Michael Chandler in the sense of like, what are we doing? And like, uh, look, that's a great matchup, right? It, there's a brawler versus a, a precision striker, right? Yep. and that's a big fight right there. And I think for Conor McGregor, you want this fight too because you can see how reckless this guy can be, and his fight IQ oh, yeah. isn't the best. Conor uh, Chan- thinks the same thing. I yeah, take hundred percent back on track. It, yeah, you could take a lot out of Conor McGregor, but the one thing that he has he's always been, he's a precision striker, and he's a guy that fast. Yeah. I don't know where he's at right now because we've barely <laughs> seen him in the octagon, yes. but uh, I'm just, it's frustrating to see that he's constantly kind of talking and he's online and he's getting into problems, uh, you know, sexual assault cases, all this stuff. Yeah. It's like, guy, it, it's just like, dude, you know, you're, 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 you couldn't have screened more that you just checked out with your last payday against Mayweather. And that's, and I think I saw a lot of people say that he has fuck you money right now where uh-huh. it's like from fighting Mayweather, where he's in a spot where I don't really need to fight for I a living anymore. And he's like, I, I could just, you know, walk around, be myself and I'm going to get paid to drive this Lamborghini because people think I'm a big star. I can wear my own, like he could do all this stuff where a guy like Michael Chandler can't do that stuff. And a lot of these guys in UFC can't do this stuff. So it's like, he's kind of making a mockery of the sport and he's just kind of throwing his name away now. And it's unfortunate, but that's the way he wants to do things. That's his fault. He's being an idiot and that's the way it is.
1: Well, you referenced that uh, Connor fought Floyd uh, Floyd Mayweather and that was, you know, MMA versus boxing sort of. Uh, it was a bit of a freak show. I paid for it. I, I said all along, yeah, I, am going to watch this thing. And I did. And I don't know whether Floyd kind of played with his food a little bit when it came to Conor McGregor. Uh, but we're fixing to see something similar. I'd be curious about your opinion on this. Cause we just learned on Tuesday, Francis and going to box Tyson Fury. And then the, the, the sad trombone sound effect in Saudi Arabia. I, I, yeah. It bums me out that they keep getting involved in everything. That's a separate discussion, I guess. But you were pumped up about this on uh on Twitter, man. Uh I know you and I are both big fans of Francis and Ganu. What's your level of excitement for this? Do you think Francis has a fighter's chance at all against Fury? Like or is this is this look a little bit like McGregor versus Mayweather?
0: Yeah, no, this is uh dude, this is gonna be the biggest fight of all time. Like this is all time of all time, dude. And I'm going to, I'll take you through some numbers later, but yeah, this is going to be a real boxing fight. Real like regular, like regulation, boxing ring, standard boxing rules. Now, apparently they have an agreement. They're going to go to the center of the ring and they're going to just wail on each other and <laughs> it's going to end in a KO according to Ngannou's camp or whatever it is, but uh, it's going to be a boxing. Now, does he have a chance? Sure, he's got a chance because he's one of the baddest men in the world. The reason why this is going to be the biggest fight ever, dude, is because you got one of the, like, the heavyweight champion in boxing versus basically the heavyweight champion no one in the UFC. No ever beat Ngannou. Nobody ever beat Ngannou and it's not like he's three or four years away. Like This dude was a UFC champion a year ago. Yeah. you know He's dealing with knee injury and he's he came back and he was ready to fight. And Dana White said, well, you know what? You don't have a contract. So you got to figure it out. He wanted more. He didn't. He became a free agent, yeah. whatever. We, we saw this coming, but dude, like heavyweight boxing is a different breed, right? Heavyweight fights are huge. It was. It still is. And I'm going to like, look at like. If I was to ask you where you think McGregor Mayweather was in the highest grossing pay, uh, pay-per-views of all time, UFC, MMA, boxing, all well, of Well, UFC's
1: that. never touched boxing in well, they have. grossing.
0: They have. Okay. And they've been close. But the highest ever, like, look at the highest pay-per-views of all time, Mayweather versus Pacquiao is 4.6 million pay-per-view buys. Yeah. Mayweather versus it's McGregor.
1: Not $4.6 I mean, million, $4.6 purchases at like a hundred bucks a head.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that was the number one fight of all time. Second was Mayweather versus McGregor, 4.3 million buys. Yeah. And that was a, like, that was a, what the hell is this even going to be? Yeah. This is like a a retired boxer versus a UFC guy going into it. Yeah. Well, the third grossing pay-per-view of all time, SAB versus uh, uh, McGregor. Okay. When he basically got choked out, that was 2.4 million buys. So Huge drop-off. A huge drop-off. The next one, De La Hoya Mayweather, yep. Mayweather-Canelo, yep. UFC 257, Poirier-McGregor 2. Really? 1.6 million buys. Okay. UFC 202, Diaz versus McGregor 2. What was that? 1.6. 1.6. 6. So there's a point of 1.6. But we are also noticing a common denominator on those UFC ones. Well, and then there's another one, UFC 264. Poirier-McGregor 3 right. was 1.5. Those are 1.5s. Yeah. These are two of the baddest, biggest dudes in the world. This One is of the gonna- things I, me- I bring up, man, is
1: Nganu isn't McGregor in terms of his ability... He's better, dude. ...to sell fights. No, he's not. Yeah, Dude, it's a heavyweight. He sells fights regardless. And no,
0: I, I get that it. That name
1: it- is not the same as the McGregor name. And that guy is not going to go to press conferences around North America saying crazy shit the way McGregor did. Yeah. I. Dude, this
0: guy is still a now, big Fury star is too. A hu-
1: Fury's a huge star.
0: They both are. And I think they're both stars. But I think we look at Ngannou in a different way because he's not on the microphone making himself look like an idiot in public half the time. Can I make, think that's- the Making ad-
1: himself look like an idiot sells fights.
0: That's what, Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't. It look with, oh yeah, look at all those fights that were bought from McGregor. And he's, you know, Pori's third fight where like he's breaking his leg. He's getting knocked out. Like these are fights <laughs> where it's like, okay, but they're still Whatever, selling. Whatever, I got your money. But it's just like, that's <laughs> the thing. Well- and Gano, over the last couple of years has put himself in a name where it's like, hey, I'm I'm a bad motherfucker. He I'm is a in, bad motherfucker. and that's the thing. And Tyson Fury, like you said, he's one of the biggest boxing stars in the world, right? Yes. This is a from the UK. Like this is a this has a makings of a, 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 like a, the biggest fight of the year for sure. But I think one of the biggest fights of all time. Like I think we're gonna see I some. I, I, maybe I'm gonna be a complete idiot about this, but dude, like this is huge. Like this is gonna be huge, and I think that we're gonna I'll see, watch it. Two of the guys, and I think the one thing we look at here is for, for Ngannou, right? He, he's always been a boxer. His his takedown ability against uh, Sir Ghan was there. But it was like okay this is a guy that wants the box he's yes. got some serious power yep. but he's in movies man he's in jackass he's in this he's doing that he's he's in commercials now he's he's at the forefront like he's a guy that's in the media now because he's not in the UFC because he's basically couldn't get a contract like he's made himself a name for not being in the UFC the last year or last couple months he's almost as much not as he's the in
1: celeb that Conor was he's yeah, just not though
0: but we're not going but look at those other fights the biggest grossing fight of all time was Macchio, uh was, sorry it was uh was a uh, Pacquiao, Pacquiao versus Mayweather, Mayweather. Them. yeah
1: and that's okay so but no, that's traditional boxing that's always going to be bigger not it, always maybe not always but, but for now exactly that's it's for now man we're in an
0: interesting spot and i think that this between the two heavyweights and two of the baddest men in the world this is going to be one that I think we're going to see. And listen, it was just announced, like you said, this week. Yeah. Like this is a very fresh thing. Oh yeah. Wait for them to get on the mic and start selling the well, fights. Here's the other Wait problem. for them to get out there and start Dana doing Dana
1: and the UFC got behind Conor, helped promote that. They're not going to do that for Ngannou either. Oh, right? well, why would so, they, right? He's not a UFC no, fighter anymore. So, But that's in terms of making this bigger, in terms of pushing those buys. What do you say the biggest was? 4.5 Pacquiao, uh, 4.
0: Mayweather? 4.6. 4.6 was pay, uh, Mayweather, Pacquiao. and 4.3
1: 3. 2.9, 3.2, something like that. I'm just that. saying,
0: if a, if a joke fight between Mayweather and, <laughs> and, and, and McGregor can sell 4.3, two of the baddest men, and like I said, one's a current champion and one's basically a champion less than a year ago, two of these guys that have knockout power and are crazy and have a lot of hype, the one thing, too, is the boxing world is like their own kind of niche. They don't, I don't want to say they look down on the UFC, they do. but they kind of do. They, yeah. They're like, you know, they we're do. snobby, we're boxing, where they have their pay-per-views on Saturday nights, even though the UFC is on, they don't care. They've always been HBO. They've got their money. They're going to be okay. Like I said, we're going to see things. This is in October in Saudi Arabia. Like you said, there's going to be a lot of time to build this fight up. And uh, like I said, I think this is going to be the biggest fight of the year. I, and I, I don't know what it is. It's, I think it's going to be the biggest fight of all time. Seeing these two guys.
1: See, those are two very different statements. I might be able to get on side with biggest fight of the year. Biggest fight of all time is a completely. I mean, like
0: I said, look at the numbers. Like do you, uh, would you have told me that those bigger two than
1: Tyson, bigger than. Well, I mean, like, in numbers
0: wise, bigger, buys wise, like this is going to be it. Maybe, like, I, I just maybe. think that this is going to be the most watched and bought, uh, bought fight in the next little while here. And that's what I think. And I think of all time, it'll surpass this. I think it, it might crack five. I think it will crack 5 wow. million. Wow. This is going to be serious, dude. The boxing fight world. You are world, ballsy on this thing. It's been, I, I just, I think it's going to be sick. Like yeah. it's, and, I, and I'm not a boxing guy. I, I don't mind it. I've watched Tyson Fury. I've watched a couple of these, you know, heavyweight guys. Right. And, and that's what I mean. It draws me in. I'm a regular dude, but you don't think this is going to bring in both UFC and boxing. One, like supporters. 100%. But, but also like fighters. Like this is going to be something where you're going to see people rallying
1: around it. You're going to oh, see yeah.
0: UFC guys bringing this up. Like this is a big time defense. Well, That was
1: half the deal on the McGregor Mayweather thing was Mm -hmm. everyone knows McGregor's not as good as Mayweather, but MMA fans wanted that vindication. Our guy can hang, right? Like our guy can, I I don't know if this is going to be that. I just don't know if Nganu has the same, uh, celebrity factor that's going to help bring in those extra few hundred thousand you need to set these records, right? Do
0: you think uh,
1: Manny Pacquiao does? When, yes, they, I do. when they Around fought Around the world
0: when he fought Mayweather it was way way after they should have like this was oh years yeah after. way late Mayweather kind of got him
1: for years and that's the thing but don't you think that was part of the th- it did happen way too late mm-hmm. but the suspense for sports fans like even casual sports fans who don't follow boxing you'd heard for years Mayweather and Pacquiao have to fight right well, and the just could, this isn't that I, I don't know I'm gonna watch it I'm excited for it I want to mm-hmm. see Nganu do well but I don't think this touches the top five most sold, uh, you know, highest paper and you know, I just gave you the top. I mean, I, I, I personally, I yeah, I don't think this will pass any of them.
0: I man, I think it's going to surpass all of them. I just, I, I think what the aspect of it is. Well, like let's I write said, this down, man. May, May Mayweather was when Mayweather time. was retired. Like he wasn't yeah, even yeah, fighting anymore. Yeah. And McGregor was just making it's the crossover. So they good. had certain weighted gloves. They had yep. certain like it was. It was kind of a gong show. And what happened? Mayweather just made a toy of them and of played with his food. Yeah, and it was it was kind of whatever. And then they were friends after. It was kind of all a game. This isn't a game. These two guys want to beat the shit out of each other. And they want to knock each other out. We're going to see some great stuff over the next couple of months to hype this fight up. Well, so and counterpoint, I, yeah. Did
1: you see what Nganu named his fight promotion company? Now that he's out doing this, I on did the not. G i m i k gimmick fight. Mm. So. Is this not going to be a joke? Is this going to be a joke? I, I, man, this gimmick, seems like a guy that really fighting, wants, to, I don't know.
0: What's the, he wants to fight and he, he, you know what I mean? He then wanted don't to fight. Call,
1: don't just put it right in my face. Oh, gimmick fighting. That's I, it, it is what <laughs> gimmick it is. Promoted. I don't,
0: I don't really care what he's calling anything. <laughs> I just, I know that this guy is serious about fighting yeah. and I know that Tyson Fury doesn't want to lose to a UFC no, guy either. Nope. So that's where I think like this fight one is going to be a better fight quality. The fight expectations are going to be up. And there's going to be a lot of hype in the next couple of months. You're going to see these guys. I oh, think that I, it, I think you're right about This that. is going to be fun, and it's going to be it's sick. I'm 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 excited. I'm looking forward to it. I think this is going to be good for the UFC and for boxing. Like this is going to be huge for combat sports. I th- this I is think a that's big deal. true.
1: This will get attention. This will be big. I'm just not sure it's top five big. That's all. And and so we'll see. Right. I. I'll be behind Ganu, Like for people, and we'll talk about yeah. it as it approaches. We'll certainly get you back in to talk. But like, if you don't know the story of Francis and Ganu and what he's gone through to get where he is, mm-hmm. there is not a more likable easily to cheer, easy to cheer for athlete on the planet than Francis Ngannou. Which is
0: where, like I said, you give him a couple chances in front of the mic over the next few months to sell this fight. I think he's going to do a good job of doing it. I
1: think you might be right. And
0: Tyson Fury, a guy from boxing and selling fights and doing what it is, Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, like like all of the heavyweights he's had over the last couple, like especially Deontay Wilder. uh, Man. Yeah. I'm just so hyped, man. This is going to be sick. Like it's going to be sick. I
1: can't wait for it. And we will talk more about it. We'll get you back in here, no doubt, before then, and uh, and and we'll hit this up. But uh, I'm excited for it too, to be honest with you. I'm just oh, a little you're... less bullish I, on the numbers. I'll make this
0: all. bold statement. I'm okay know, with it. Man, I'm gonna be throwing
1: it. it down, right? So, I'm doing it. Yeah. Uh, we'll wind this one down here, man. Appreciate you coming in. Uh, appreciate you doing this and helping me get a little something extra out the door before I before I hopefully get to the lake here in the next couple. Get of days. to the lake. That's Matt, sort he, of the plan, go. man. That's it. That's that's what we're working on. Uh, thank you so much for doing it, though, man. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for paying off the uh, Tolkien Audio fans and <laughs> letting me into the building with ease this time and not the pitchforks and and the lanterns and they're trying to yell and curse. And they're warming up, up. yeah, man. It's almost a UFC fight getting in here half the time. <laughs> so thank you for letting me in and er, er, easily today.
1: Uh, we'll wind this one down here. For Steve Bunda, my name is Matt Robinson. Stick around. Just because I'm heading out the door doesn't mean there will be any fewer shows. It just means I will be... Uh, recording them from a place with a better view uh, Monday morning Michaela Schreider will be back in here we'll tee up the Women's World Cup which starts next week uh, there's a women's uh, new professional women's hockey league firing up plus whatever's in the news Cross sports at that point so stick around for that as well uh, for Steve Bunda my name's Matt Robinson catch y'all next time the hell was that? number one bullshit oh number one bullshit why are you so pissy thanks for listening make sure to subscribe to Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app and find us on social media at Tall Can Audio